Hi there. Welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Lady Podcast, number four. This is so exciting. We're moving right along. I just want to say thank you to those that have reached out to me personally to comment on the last three episodes and how much you're enjoying them. And I want to say thank you so much. It really does matter. And I'm so glad that you enjoy them. Before I get into the next two acts, some of them I'm going to combine if they were a little short, you know, you'll see as um, the journey continues that the fearless acts start to become really more in depth. And I explain a lot more and I tap into a lot more fear. (laughs) But uh, in the beginning, like I said, I was doing it every day. So I was just like, what can I do today? You know, that kind of thing. So um, but before I want to get into that, I was uh, Monday, I woke up Monday and I just had like this great morning. I was just on fire, so happy. It was sunshine here. I mean, that's not unusual here in LA, Um, but uh, it was just beautiful. And I, I was like singing in my car and taught my first class, went well. And then by the end of the day, I literally felt like horrible. And I'm like, what? happen between the morning and the end of my day like does that ever happen to you like what like where did I get lost you know and I realized something so I was teaching my last class and I um it was like at six o'clock and I felt like this really good energy in the room and I'm teaching and having fun and I'm enjoying my own playlist at the end of class I decide to sing and after that After I tell everybody, okay, you know, namaste, and everybody's leaving, it felt like the whole room, like, couldn't escape fast enough. (laughs) Like, literally, it was just like, the whole room escaped. I turned around to announce my retreat or whatever, and it was like, half the room was gone, and it was like, so bizarre. I mean, I took it that way. I'm just telling you that's how I observed it. So I started to get really insecure, right? Again, there's this feeling, you know, when you, part of your job is to offer a service, right? So I'm teaching a yoga class. And by the way, this can happen, you know, even when I don't sing, I can teach yoga class and then the room leaves and I just feel like this emptiness of like, I don't know how it was received, you know? So there is still a sensitivity to that. Um, So I was feeling that and I think uh, I just let it bum me out. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe I should stop saying, you know, just all that stupid stuff. But what's interesting is on the next day, I taught um, an early morning class and I was running late. So I'm already just like, you know, not feeling like my highest self. Right. And I'm apologizing to the class. And afterwards, one of the um, students comes out to me and she's like, I'm so disappointed you didn't sing today. And I was like, oh. And she's like, yeah, I was in your class last night. And I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) thank you so much. You know, she's like, I loved it. I even went on your Spotify and started to listen to your music. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, we have no idea what's really going on in people's minds, why they look like they're going to race out the door. Like, we just have no idea. So why do we always go to that negative space? Like, why, why do I always go to that negative space? I mean, you would think after all these years, 
things of walking into spaces of teaching yoga, whatever that I would just get used to it. But there, you know, it depends on the time of the month. Sometimes I'm a little bit more sensitive than others. Um, you know, it's all, there's all kinds of variables, but I definitely, I'm always hit with this lesson of like, stop, stop going to the worst case scenario. Like just keep moving, keep doing your thing, keep sharing, keep offering. So I'm just offering that to you is like, if you're somebody that's sensitive and we tend to go to that place of feeling like it's us, like stop doing that. Like cut yourself a break. Remember that we really have no idea what's going on in people's lives and in their minds. And also people can't necessarily offer you what it is that you need in that moment whether it's thank you whether it's a smile like again people are going through their own stuff so it was just like a really beautiful reminder to stop taking things personally and just move on know that you are doing enough and just by being you is enough okay so moving right along we are on Fearless Act number six and seven. So I had just gotten back from Paris. I had that really wonderful experience of introducing myself to all my neighbors. The next day, which by the way, so I'm in New York at this time and the time difference, um, Paris, I think is three hours ahead of New York, three or four hours. So I was still jet lagged. So I was getting up at like four o'clock in the morning, you know, thinking I'm ready to go. So I had learned that there was these um, early morning dance parties. They were called Daybreakers. I don't know if you've ever been to one or if you haven't heard about it. Basically, it's like, you know, early in the morning, the idea is to do these big dance parties, kind of like club ish. But minus all of the alcohol, this is all like they're serving you green drinks. There's a yoga class before they're playing. It's to get you hyped up before you go into work, you know? And I'm like, this is so me. I'm not such a drinker after all, but I am a dancer. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm already up at four in the morning. So these usually are called for, I think the yoga class was at five o'clock in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. I mean, it's super early. And um, and then the dance party starts at six or 6.30. So I show up. I remember this vividly in my mind. I remember what I was wearing and everything because I was so excited to dance. And I thought other people who come here are going to be like me, you know? So I show up and I'm waiting in line and these two girls, one girl in front of me, one girl behind me who looked around my age and they were both like there by themselves as well. So is it a coincidence? I don't think so. So guess who became this little trio of buddies that are going to go dancing in this um, little rave. So it was so funny talking to them. I find out that they're both there by themselves, that they've always wanted to do this. They thought it would be really cool, really fun. I start to share what I'm doing. They're super inspired, super stoked about that. They weren't my age. They were maybe like in their late thirties, but still they were like, this is so cool, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they became my friends. <laughs> and with, and I'll tell you something about, I'll tell you more about them at the end of this story. So we go inside and it very much is a club, actually. It's dark. Um, there's lights. Um, there's live musicians, which is super cool. Like they had a whole brass section. You know, they're pumping this music um, right away. They're serving us like green drinks and smoothies and Luna bars and, you know, all like the fixings of like, you know, basically like a Whole Foods kind of um, event or something, but in this dance club. So it's super cool, super fun. And there's people dressed up in their suits, right? Because they've got to go to work after this. <laughs> it's really funny. So we start dancing and everybody's like energetic. And, and I, maybe after like an hour, I definitely started to get tired. <laughs> 
I think because, um, I mean, it was really early in the morning and also we're dancing up a storm and we're taking pictures and laughing and having a great old time. But after a while, because it was so dark, it did start to feel a little bit like a club. And I was like, oh, you know, I wish there was more windows. You know, I wish they played a little bit more of like hip hop or 80s and 90s music. I'm all like in my head thinking of how I would change this to make this like even better, you know. And um, so we all kind of agreed, me and my two other new friends, we all agreed that we were going to go. I think this is around eight o'clock. So we uh, we left and um, but then we exchanged information, which was really cool. And what's interesting about them. So obviously they're both into yoga. One girl um, was a teacher. The other one, I think, was in between jobs, in between finance jobs. Um, but we were like already, oh, we should get together and do this, that and the other. Right. So I exchanged information with them. And later on, you'll hear, I end up moving out of my apartment, the one that I was in for the second time, the one that I introduced myself to all the neighbors. I finally moved out during this year of my 40th year. And when I moved to Brooklyn, literally, I had been there a week. I walk into this little cafe in Park Slope and um, in walks in that girl. And she was like, oh my God. She's like, I can't believe I'm seeing you. I've been following your your blog and your fearless acts. And we ended up um, re- getting reacquainted. And we hung out a few more times. I ended up going to her place and we made posters from the day before the Women's March. I mean, like, it was really cool. And then the other girl, the one that was in finance, she actually belonged to Equinox and eventually she came to one of my classes and they just were super supportive, cool women. It was just so lovely to to meet them. And that was what was so impressive to me about this whole journey was I, I had wanted to, you know, reach out and, and meet more people and, you know, and that's that was just happening organically as I was, you know, going, oh, what would be a fun thing for me to do today? So you can go to their website, like if you're interested in doing this and they have them all over. Um, I'm not sure if they have them all over the world, but they certainly have them all over the U.S. And I ended up going back maybe a year later. And this time I went. Um, on a boat, which was so cool. Cause I said, I'm very into like, I don't want to be stuck in a club setting, but I'm all for like riding off in a boat and dancing my ass off, you know? So I go, this is a year later. I ended up going to the daybreaker event on the boat and that was really cool. And then I ended up running into people, of course, as you do. I mean, if you're a New Yorker, you end up just when you're there for that long, I was there for over 10 years. I mean, and all the jobs that I've had and I mean, I've just had so many lives there. <laughs> I just end up running into people. Um, so it was really cool. But that one was super fun. So you should check it out, especially if you're in New York. It's definitely an experience. We ended up along the Hudson River, and we had a beautiful view of the Statue of Liberty. This was, again, early in the morning. So you kind of were, um, I think we saw the sunrise while we were waiting in line. But it's just such a cool idea, a really cool event. And uh, you should definitely check it out. Okay, so number seven. Number seven is one of my favorites. It's called My Date with Doris. So I had been teaching yoga for, I guess at that point, maybe six years. And um, I had been, uh, I, I started teaching actually the very beginning of my career at this place called New York Sports Club, which if you're not a New Yorker, it's sort of like this gym and they have a chain and there's like a million of them throughout the city. So 
it was such a great experience to get hired by them in the beginning because that's really how I developed my skills as a teacher. Cause like, you know, everybody from all walks of life would walk in and try a yoga class. And when we're talking people that wanted to keep their shoes and socks on <laughs> during class, we're talking people that, you know, I had one guy that was, had clearly had Parkinson's, you know, or cerebral palsy, excuse me. And he took a class. Like there was just so many different walks of life and you just have to adjust your, your class and your teaching style to welcome everybody, you know, the beginners to the experienced. And I loved teaching there. I had such a wonderful, solid community of loyal yogis that followed me to class to class that ended up, you know, going to my workshops and now to my retreats. And they're just the best people, the best, best people. So anyways, I have been teaching yoga at this New York sports club in Chelsea on 23rd and 8th and every Saturday um, at noon. And this woman, she was, let's see here, how do I describe her? Well, she was in her late 80s. I wanna say she was like 87, 88 at the time. And you just, your eyes go directly to her when she walks into a room. She walks into a room, she's wearing this like sequins beret hat. She's got red lipstick on, she's got these big huge earrings. She weighs maybe 80 pounds because she's always at that gym. If she's not in a yoga class, she's on the elliptical, she's walking around all of Chelsea. I mean, this woman was like, I am Doris and you're gonna know who I am. So she would come to my class and some people, some people were not, they weren't her fan because she, <laughs> she would walk in, she would grab her four mats, okay? She had two, because they were very thin at New York Sports Club, two purple mats on top of each other, and then another mat um, that was a little thicker right beside it. She grabbed four blocks, so she had two um, on one side and I think two on the other, so she would like switch <laughs> On either side. I mean, so she took up a lot of space. Let's just say that. And if you were in her space, like let's say you parked your mat close to where she was going to go, she would tell you, can you move? You know what I mean? She was like, I don't care. I'm here and I'm going to take this class. So she would start coming to my class. And I was always, always so curious about her, fascinated by her. I mean, the things that she can do with her body and the fact that she didn't care about you know, everybody else in the room and what they can do. And, and if she needed to modify, she would stay in forearm plank for like ever. I mean, if she couldn't do something, I mean, and she just was like, she just had this spirit about her. Like, I am here. You're going to know who I am. So on this particular day, I taught the class and uh, I'm going to read you what I wrote. But um, basically after class, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Doris for coffee. Like, I'm just going to ask her for coffee. Like, I want to know more about her. Here's an opportunity for me to, like I said, I wanted to create my community. I wanted to know the people that were showing up in my classes in a new way. So um, when I asked her, like, hey, Doris, are you free after class? Do you want to go get a coffee? Like, you should have seen her face. It was like it was like she won the lottery, like her face completely lit up. She's like, oh, oh, yeah, I mean, sure, yeah, 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 hold on, let me put my, and I was like, okay, I mean, it was just so heartwarming to, to realize that such a simple gesture as that of getting to know someone meant so much to her, you know, so I'm just going to read you what I wrote, and then I'll go off on a little tangent about our date. 
Doris has been coming to my yoga class every Saturday at New York Sports Club for a while now, and she is an undeniable force of nature. She walks into class as if she's going out on the town, always wearing that pink sequins hat, which I find is her secret conversation starter, and a tiny scarf around her neck and red lipstick. I've always been curious about her, what her life is like, how she found yoga, and what her dreams are. So yesterday after class, I asked her for coffee. She was thrilled, and so was I. Right away, I noticed she is a one-woman show, hilarious, self-deprecating. She sees my tattoo, There is Time, and says, I'm 85, my time is up, and vulnerable all in one. She tells me about her past four relationships. They have all since passed. Her marriage when she was very young and didn't know herself, her lack of confidence, and what a difference and what a different person she is today. She also is full of compliments and questions back. When she asks me why I'm not married yet, she quickly assures, not that I believe in any of that shit. I ask her what her dreams are today, and she says that I wake up in the morning. (laughs) But truthfully, she watches The View and thinks that she would make a great co-host. Doris, I'm so on it. Before we leave, she gets serious. I don't want you to think I'm always like this, happy and upbeat, because I have my bad days, and, well, it's hard sometimes. Isn't it funny that even at my age, I still have insecurities? I reply, you don't have to be or do anything. Just your presence is enough. She pauses and places her hand to my cheek and says, you are a gift to me today. Oh, no, Doris, you are a gift to me. It was pretty remarkable. We ended up walking to this coffee place and I asked her about her, (laughs) if she had ever been married. And I think even she brought it up and I said, have you ever had kids? And then she paused, she got very serious and she's like, I don't really like to talk about it. I had a daughter, but she has since passed. And I was like, oh God. And again, like here we are, a situation where it's like, you just don't know somebody's story at all, you know? And there's this quote that I love that Brene Brown always says, which is that everybody has a story that can break your heart. And it's so true. Like you're only seeing what somebody is giving you at that moment. But really, if you sit and talk with them, everybody has a story that can break your heart. So I, when she said that, I didn't press anymore. I just said, I'm really sorry to hear that. And we moved on. But she was very much like putting on a show. Like I felt like she was trying really hard to be funny. And I mean, not that she had to try that hard. She is funny. But that she was so excited that I was talking to her that she really wanted to impress me with her you know, personality and all that stuff. And I really just wanted... I guess I just wanted her to be more like, it's okay. You don't have to do all this. And I think what really struck me as well is that I don't know how many people actually ask Doris for coffee. I don't know what her social life is like. I know that she keeps herself busy by going to the gym all the time. Every other time that she would show up to class, she was always like showing me pictures of, oh, look at what, you know, so-and-so took a picture of me the other day. She would come up to me and recite poetry. (laughs) She She would like do this rap. I mean, she's such an inspiration because she's somebody that didn't allow society's, you know, norms to stop her from doing the things that made her happy. Like she gets up, she puts on her face, she puts on her outfit, her little sequins hat. I mean, people, she's like a little celebrity in the Chelsea neighborhood. People always would take pictures of her because she was always so vibrant and full of life. And it made her happy to do that, you know? And I think, you know, she was hilarious to me and, and trying so much to share a part of herself. And I, I, 
kind of regret that I never asked her um, for another cup of coffee or we didn't go out again. But, you know, I spent a lot of time after class talking to her and there was something really special about that that day that made me realize like, God, you know, there are people that we see all the time and we just don't know much about them. And how hard is it for us to extend ourselves and say, hey, you know, let's go grab a coffee or let's go get something to eat or take a walk or whatever. Like people just want to share who they are. And I think somebody, especially like her, who, you know, has had some tragedy in her lives. I mean, let's face it, most of us have to be that age, to be healthy and vibrant and all those things. I think that it really does make her feel special to have somebody take the time and want to spend time with her in that way. So it really was so heartwarming to me. And I just felt, again, this like deeper connection to my community, to the people that were showing up. And I mean, she was so funny. I remember one time she came in and she was like, now that was a good class. Last week's, not so much. And I was like, adorable. <laughs> And then she she was just hilarious in that way. I mean, I guess like most p- old people, they tend to do that where it's like they're not really giving you a compliment, but it's always like a backhanded one where you're like, hmm, so you're telling me this one was good, but last week sucked, you know? <laughs> so it's just funny. Um, so Fearless Act eight, number eight is also a very similar, I'm going to tack it onto this as well. It's similar to number seven and number six in that I was looking around my already normal routine and saying, okay, how can I step into these um, worlds that I'm in all the time and like actually introduce myself to someone or create more community and get to know people. So in New York, when you get out at Union Square, which is a major subway stop, it's like a major hub right outside of the Union Square is like a ton of different people, like a whole mishmash of people. And this one group of um, men predominantly were out there playing chess every single day, all the time, every time, because I would often take my trains to Union Square and then I would like go off into my wherever I needed to go to teach so every day I saw the same you know four or five guys playing chess like that's what they did and I was like I want to know who these people are so day number eight I decided to finally sit down and learn just who these people are what they do if they make this their living and how, how long they've been doing it so day number eight chess anyone I've always wondered about these guys setting up shop in Union Square playing chess. Is this how they make their living? How long have they been playing? And what's so special about this game anyway? So instead of just walking by as I normally do, I decide to sit down and learn. This is TC, short for Teach Chess. And he's been playing outside Union Square for five years now. Rain, snow, and incredibly hot weather won't stop him. He loves the game. He says his mother taught him when he was a kid. When I asked what about the game he loves so much, he doesn't give me a profound answer. Just that he's tried everything else in life and this is the only job that he's always come back to. He begins by asking me questions. What's this one? A rook. And this one, the queen. And this one, the knight. Then he asks, what do I think they do? I mumble something until he actually gives me the answers. He explains that the queen is the most powerful player, rock on, and she can make any move anywhere. The king, however, while it's the most important players of all, can't really do much. And then I wrote figures. 
I keep trying to get TC to make some insightful analogy about how the game of chess is like life, but every time I interject, he adamantly says, no, it's like football. Oh, football. Great. Another one I don't know how to play. As he continues to talk, my focus drifts to the players all around us, the Krishna singers in the background, the homeless-looking guys along the subway stairway, the poet in the back typing away on his typewriter, offering poems for cash, and I can't help but wonder which one of us is the king, the pawn, the knight, and who are we protecting? Disappointed I didn't get a proper aha moment out of TC, I get up, offer a few bucks, and thanked him for his time. So the great thing about New York is like you are amongst all different walks of life all the time. Whether you're on the subway, whether you're walking down the street, you're, you know, enmeshed with, you know, everyone from a celebrity to a homeless person to somebody who's just traveling, you know, a foreigner. Um, you know, there's all different kinds of languages being spoken all around you. And, you know, we get so used to as New Yorkers to kind of tune all of that quote unquote noise out. And, you know, this journey for me was about not doing that. It was actually turning up that volume and going, oh, I keep walking by these same people. Let me like actually walk up to one of them and see like, what, it, what are they about? You know, I wanted to know I'm such a curious person. And I think that's just part of my personality to always be curious, to be a seeker, to be somebody that is always interested in somebody's story. You know, I really want to know like, what are the, the stories within your life that changed you, that made you who you are? Um, it's so, it's such a passion of mine and that's probably why my fearless journey is and will be different than somebody else's because, you know, not everybody has that curiosity and, you know, everybody's journey is going to look different. And for me, I really wanted to see like, are we all connected? And, you know, as I continue along this journey, you're going to, you'll hear how, the synchronicities, you know, one of the things I want to really touch upon quickly is, you know, I'm on day eight, right? And I'm sharing these um, fearless acts every day on my blog or on Instagram. And at this point, I was, uh, you know, walking from class to class or whatever. And I would, people would just like, who would see me, who knew me from classes would be like, I love your fearless acts journey. And they would like shout it to me and I would be like, what? And I wouldn't even know their names, but I guess they heard it or they took my class or whatever. And so this was starting to happen where it was like, people were now becoming aware of it. They were interested in it. And it was just so crazy to have people like yell that at me as I'm like entering the subway or something. Um, and also really flattering, but I was starting to just feel a little bit of pressure. Um, it was very subtle at this point because I was still like on this high. But um, as you'll see definitely in next week's episode, um, I'm going to talk about because that's when I did have a little bit of a break. Um, and what I realized is, you know, you're on this high by stepping into these fears, doing things that you've never done before. And then a part of you like gets unlocked, unleashed, and you feel like this excitement and this joy and you're looking at life differently and you're feeling different. And you're like, you're on this, like you're vibrating on a different level. And then what starts to happen is you're going to have to come down from that high because we're not meant to be happy all the time. We just aren't. And so You'll start to see as I <laughs> approach next week's episode what ended up happening for me, how it was this crazy, crazy journey. I don't want to give too much away. I want you to listen to next week's episode so you can hear that. But this week was a really fun one of, you know, creating more community, stepping into different sub-communities in New York City and asking people 
about what they do and, and inviting more curiosity and wonder back into my life. And I wonder like being here in LA, how to, to do that. And I guess, and I guess I can do that now if I'm sitting in a coffee house or working on something, I can just introduce myself to someone. I did. I introduced myself to, <laughs> there's a place I can walk to around the corner from my place, a little coffee house. I introduced myself to the barista. So it's still happening all the time. And I love that. I, that's what I love about what I do is I have this freedom within my day to walk around, to experience life rather than be stuck in uh, office all day long. And then your only experience with life, I mean, you can step out for a little bit, but I don't like the rigidness that an office brings you. You know, I want to be able to explore. I want to have more play in my day, you know? So that concludes this week's episode of The Fearless Lady. And be sure to check out next week's because like I said, things get really real and really interesting once I, once I started to come down from that high and also explain what happens when the people around you in your life are starting to get threatened by the things that you're sharing and your own vulnerability, which was something that I came across and it was hard. And uh, we'll talk about that. So uh, be sure to check it out next week. And thank you again for listening this week. And once again, if you want to experience your own fearless journey, I am here to help you as your fearless coach, as your guide. All you got to do is check out my site and set up a discovery call. And we can talk about um, where you are in your life and, and what are the things that you want to tackle. You know, like what are the pressing fears that you're like, you know, I really want to get out into the world. I want to I want to meet new people, right? We can start to create really f- some fun, fearless acts for you to do. So by the end of six weeks, you're just almost a whole new person. So go ahead and check that out. And also, I still have a few spots, just a few, to my South of France retreat happening May 9th to the 15th. So if you're interested, even a little bit interested, please check it out. Please send me a message. Um, I would love for you to come. Today, I'm going to end with a song called tonight and it's just a fun rocking song so go ahead and enjoy it and it's all on spotify and itunes thanks so much for listening everyone talking buys i keep running and running till ya you fall behind like a child for the magic and passion that I, I crave inside Oh, you opened my eyes to a world that I knew I deserved Waiting to find, now I just can't pretend Turn the lights down low till I don't feel a thing And away before we kiss goodnight I wanna reach for your soul Wanna hold on tight till you won't let me go But I lay like a fool Even knowing this is all I ask of you So take hold of my hand Turn the lights down low Till I don't feel a thing